Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. South Dakota, we went out there on a bike trip with some pastor friends, and, and so we were out there in the, in the Badlands and the mountains there, and so I thought, you know, I'm going to look real mean and real tough like a biker, and I'm going to take a picture, you know what I mean? In fact, Jordan, he's our worship leader, he said when he first saw a picture like that, he's like, uh, I, when you called me in for an interview, I didn't know what to expect, because when I saw you, you were kind of like this preppy guy, but yet I saw your picture of the uh, of the motorcycle thing, he said, so I was kind of nervous, thinking, what kind of pastor is he, kind of looks rough, and so anyways, that was, that, that's my attempt of looking rough and mean, and looking cool, all right, get, here's another one, oh, here's another one, this is, this is my wife and I just acting up, we were at a Christmas banquet, and again, you know, you just purpose to, to look good, and you try to make yourself look fun, and here she's laughing at me because I'm trying to make her laugh, but again, we try to look our best, and then this, this next one, wait, before you put it up, before you put this, I'm so disappointed because I was in the gym the other day, in fact, it was just two days ago, I was working out in the gym, and I asked a guy, I said, hey, listen, can you take a picture of me, and once you know it, that as I took a picture, or he took a picture of me in the gym, he cut my head off, show that picture. I was so disappointed. I'm like, <laughs> well, that's not, you obviously could see me. That's not me, but I just thought it would kind of be funny. But <laughs> nevertheless, what are we doing? We're always trying to pose. We're always trying to make things look good in our life to everybody around us, aren't we? And with the culture that we're in today, I really found it interesting as I was reading the Bible the other day in Luke chapter 21. Jesus made this statement. He said, in the last days before I come to get my church, he says, you're going to see some signs and there's going to be some signals that tell you that my coming is at hand. And he says, when you see these signs and you see these signals, he says, lift up your head for your redemption is near. And when I read that, I thought, isn't that interesting, especially in the culture that we're in? Because Jesus said, you've got to be paying attention to the signs that are around you. He says, lift up your head. Well, why would we have to lift up our head and pay attention? Because in this culture, our faces are buried in our phones, totally distracted, disconnected from people, right? Lift up your head because your redemption is is drawing near. And in this culture that we live in, with our heads being buried, we find ourselves being extremely disconnected with those that are around us. In fact, if you were to come to church here at GVC, and you were to come a little bit early, and you'll see people sitting around, and if you'll see people sitting around here at GVC, chances are they're sitting with their phones, and their heads are down. And you'll come over to them and you say, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. And they'll lift up their head. How you doing? Oh, everything's great. Everything's good. And isn't that what we are really doing in this life that we live? And so many of us are going through this life just putting our head down, hoping that nobody will notice, just putting our head down, just trying to keep to ourselves 
and hoping that nobody actually pushes the buttons to make me answer questions. And if we can, and if we can get away with it, just to say, life is good. And really what we're doing, even with our cell phones nowadays, what we're doing in this time and in this age and this culture that we're living is really putting on a mask. We're putting on a mask with the hopes that nobody will really see the truth. Now, I don't know how it is that you came about being here today. Some of you call this church home. You've been around for a little while since we've been here in this new campus. We've been here just actually for a couple months now. Some of you call this place home. Some of you have been just around for a few weeks, and maybe I haven't even gotten to know your name yet, but some of you might be here today for the very first time. And however you got here, I don't know how that came about. I don't know if somebody invited you. I don't know if maybe you saw something on Facebook. Maybe you saw a sign at the road. But one thing that I do know is that you being here today is not an accidental thing. Today you came here with intention, intentionality. You showed up here on purpose. When you woke up this morning and headed this way, you weren't thinking my destination is going to be the mall. Or you weren't thinking I'm going to a restaurant or I'm going to a concert or I'm going to an athletic event. You came today with the intentionality and on purpose showed up at a destination called Genesee Valley Church. And so one thing that that tells me as a pastor is that you came here expecting something. You came here with a desire to say, God, I'm coming to a place called Genesee Valley Church. I'm doing it with intentionality. I did it on purpose, and I'm here for a reason. And so, therefore, God, I need something today. And so my prayer is is that I wouldn't waste your time for being here. My prayer is, is that if we really could be honest with ourselves... That by the end of this service, we can drop the mask and be purposeful to get real. To get real with ourselves and to get real with God. Because really, that's why you're here. Now, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, it begins to tell us a little bit about the story of God's first family. And if you know, God has a heart for family. That's, that's why he did this whole thing. That's why he created the universe. That's why he created the thing called the churches because he just so desires to have a family. Thank God we're a part of that family. But he begins to tell us a little bit concerning that first family. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 and 25, it says, For this reason a man will leave his father and his mother and will be united with his wife. And they will become one flesh. Verse 25 is really what I want us to focus on. It says, Then the man and the wife were both naked. They were both naked and they felt no shame. Those last few words are extremely powerful. They were naked. They were exposed they were transparent in front of each other and in front of God they were they were naked to the core 
physically, spiritually, they were naked. And it says that they felt no shame. Now, I'm not going here to get graphic or to put any pictures in your mind. But to be naked and feel no shame is just something that is really something that's just foreign in the culture that we live in. I mean, husbands and wives, like I said, I'm not trying to get graphic here, but husband and wives, I mean, think about it. How comfortable do we feel naked in front of one another? I mean, today it's like we lock the doors, we turn the lights off, don't look at me. Why? Because there's shame associated with our nakedness. I don't want you to look at me. I feel self-conscious. Are you here this morning? And the Bible says that with God's kids, there was absolutely no shame. That word shame in the Hebrew is defined as this. To be ashamed, to be disappointed, to be confused, and to become dry. So it says that they felt no shame. So therefore with Adam and Eve... They they felt no shame with one another. They felt no shame with God. There was no disappointment with one another. You haven't let me down. I haven't let you down. There was no shame or no disappointment with God to think, God, you're disappointed with me. I've let you down. Or, or, Or to say, God, I expected these great things from you. I prayed about this, but you've disappointed me. The Bible says that with God's kids, there was no disappointment. There was no confusion about who they were, about what they were made for. There was no confusion in their relationship with one another. There was no discord. And there was no dryness. There was nothing that came between. There was nothing that brought about separation from one another. Their relationship was open and transparent. With God, their relationship was on fire. God, you and I are tight. You and I are close. God, I love you and I know that you love me. There was no shame. There was no games. And there was no masks that they put on. There was no masquerade. The Bible tells us that shortly after that, that the enemy, the serpent or Satan came to them. And God says, everything within this garden I've made for you. I did it specifically for you because I love you. This belongs to you. Only one thing that I ask that you don't do is don't partake of this fruit. Because the moment that you partake of this fruit, you'll have the knowledge of good and evil. And you'll have allowed sin to come into creation. And for sin and death to come into you. But in the midst of the serpent, Satan came in with his craftiness and his trickery words and his craftiness of of speech. And he got to asking Eve questions about the fruit. And did God really say that? Did God really say that? And all of a sudden, she began to feel as though she's getting left out. There's some disappointment that's creeping up in my heart. God, did you really say that? And then the Bible says that she gave it to her husband and both he and her husband or she and her husband partook of the fruit. And at that point in time, the Bible says that sin entered the world. And upon sin entering the world, 
there came this separation between God's kids and himself. And we see in Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 7, that upon eating the fruit, it says, the eyes of both of them were opened. And they realized that they were naked. The moment that sin entered the world, our eyes were open to the fact that we're naked. They realized that they were naked before God. They realized that they were naked before one another. And notice what happened the moment that they realized that they were naked. It says the next thing, that they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. The moment that we find ourselves being exposed, the moment that shame comes in, the moment that disappointment comes in, the moment that things start to creep in and separate us from our relationships with one another and with God, we immediately begin to hide and we immediately begin to try to cover up that nakedness. The fig leaves were nothing more than a mask to cover up their nakedness. Then it goes on to say in verse 8, And then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees of the garden. The moment they understood that something changed, the moment they realized, I let God down. God might be disappointed with me. I'm naked. The Bible says that they began to hide from God. Not only were they trying to cover themselves up from one another, they began to try to hide themselves from God. And then notice, verse 9, And then the Lord called to Adam and he said to him, Adam, where are you? He said, where are you? Say that with me. Where are you? God's looking for them in the midst of them feeling naked, exposed, and disappointed and ashamed. They're hiding themselves from God. And God's saying, where are you, Adam? Where's my family? Where are you? And Adam responded and he said, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. Shame will always cause us to put on a mask. Why is our culture today so disconnected with reality? It's really just a trick of the enemy, but it's a disguise for us to get lost, for us to hide behind a phone, behind a mask, so that I don't have to reveal the real me because I'm ashamed, I'm alone, I feel disappointed, I feel confused, and I just am afraid that somebody might see the real me. The interesting thing about that story or where God got to the point and says, where are you? Adam responded and says, I was naked. God's next remark was, who told you that? Who told you that you was naked? Because I never said anything about that. I never said that you were naked. I never said that you were a disappointment to me. I never said that I was angry at you. Who told you that you were naked? 
Who was it that started playing this game in your mind? Who was it that started talking to you and that made you feel ashamed and made you feel disappointed and, and caused you to be? Who said that to you? And the Bible says and lets us know that it was the enemy that begins to play the shame game. He's a master at causing us to feel disappointed in ourselves and with God, with life. And he's a master at bringing us to a place of shame where we put the mask on and we just simply hide. There's a few different areas that we begin to see when it comes to us bringing up the mask for the sake of hiding. Number one is we hide from God. Number one, when we feel shame and guilt, when we feel disappointment in our life, we've hide ourselves from God. God, I let you down. God, I said I would never do that again. God, I, I, I want to be, be on fire for you, but God, I'm just not. And so as a result, I feel ashamed and disappointed with myself. And then the enemy starts talking to us again and says, but do you remember all those times that you prayed to God? Do you remember that you prayed to God about your kids? You prayed to God about your spouse and you still ended up divorced? You prayed about your child They were sick and they died. How could God do that to you? And all of a sudden we start feeling confused and we start raising this mask and we're disappointed with God. We feel unworthy with God. We feel as though God's just judging us. And therefore, with all the things that are going on in my life, one of the easiest things for me to do is to hide from God from the perspective of not going to church. Because when I go to church, you know those people are just going to judge me anyways. They really see the real me. As much as I try to put my mask on, I know that they're judging me the moment that I walk in the door. And obviously you know that that's not the case. They're judging me. And then when I get to church, all they ever do is talk about the do's and the don'ts. I already know what I'm doing wrong. I don't need to be condemned. But once again, what is that? That's just simply a tactic of the enemy. But then oftentimes we get into this cycle of life and I feel disappointed. I feel disconnected. I feel ashamed. And so therefore I start looking for things. I start looking for people. I start looking for materialistic things. And if, <coughs> excuse me, if you're like I am, going shopping can make you feel good sometimes. You know what I mean? I'm just going to go buy me something. I just went and bought me a crossbow just uh, last week. It made me feel good. Can't, can't wait to go hunting and kill something. Forgive me if you are one of those deer lovers. You know what I mean? Sorry, did I say that in church? <laughs> it made me feel good. I excited. You know what I'm talking about. But so many times we start collecting things and materialistic things and stuff to try to make us feel good. And we start to put this mask on to say, everything's good. And everybody's looking at you and saying, man, you're so good. God has blessed you. Look at how awesome God has taken care of you and how blessed you are. And you put the fake smile on like, yeah, life's good. And they don't know that you are living from paycheck to paycheck. You're extended so far beyond that you're about to lose everything. But I got to keep the facade up because everybody thinks that it's God doing it. And really it's just my stupidity because I just want stuff to make me feel better. Because really my heart with God is, is really separated. And it feels like I feel 100 miles from God. And I'm looking for answers, but I'm looking to the wrong things. 
as I begin to put the mask on in life, and the enemy is so good at indulging us with thoughts and suggestions and lies, he reminds you of the hurt the things that have happened in your past, the things that He brings up in your mind and in your dreams. And continually we we live this life that nobody understands what I'm going through. God, why have you forsaken me? And then the enemy says, yes, if God truly, truly was a God that loved you, then those things, those horrible things that happened to you as a child, how can a God that loves His good, how could He ever let that happen to to a, a sweet, innocent little child? And we begin to feel as though, God, you've, you've disappointed me. You let me down. All this junk that I've got going on in my life right now. If you're as good as you say that you are, then God, how come I feel so disconnected? And we continually put this mask on. We find ourselves hiding behind addictions and substance because it numbs the pain. Nobody knows how bad that I'm hurting, and so therefore I look to substance, I look to drugs, I look to alcohol, and and I know that I'm I'm not free. I know that God wants me to be be free, and I feel so disappointed uh, because I'm letting God down, and I'm being so controlled by this substance, but God, it's just helping me get through the moment right now, God, because I'm I'm hurting. God, I need it. I, I know that one day I'll be strong enough to stop it. But right now I just can't because the, the pain is too, mu- too much. And then I begin to pull away from God because I feel as though he's disappointed with me. And then I get into this cycle and this lie from the enemy comes that says, when you get things cleaned up, then come back to God. Right now, just, just wallow in your self-pity. You need this right now. And even though God is judging you right now, you'll get it together one day and then you can come back to God. And it's just a lie from the enemy because God never expected you to clean yourself up because for that matter, you can't. It's only through God's help that you can. But we put this mask on. And then lastly, we hide from ourselves. I know the real me. I know what's going on in my life. I know the thoughts that I have. All the times that I've thought about committing suicide because of just the nightmares that just won't stop. God, I want to serve you, but God, you feel like you're a million miles away. God, I I want your help, but God, I don't know what to do. And the only thing that I can, can do is hide behind this mask from myself and continue to smile. And fake it. It's really hard to look at the hypocrite in the mirror when you know the real story. And when you know the truth about your own personal life. If you recall Jesus, when we look at Jesus in the Gospels, one of the things that Jesus was the hardest on was those people that were hypocrites. Here's what it means to be a hypocrite. When we look at the translation in the Hebrew, hypocrite means this. It means to be an actor playing a role. Someone wearing a mask to misrepresent reality. Misrepresent what is the truth. You're not here by accident. You're here today because you came Intentionally and on purpose. 
And so, if I can be so bold just to speak into your life, all of us for that matter, some of us are putting on a spiritual shell. Some of us are acting apart. We're wearing masks and we're misrepresenting the truth. And as hard as that statement may have been or may sound, whenever Jesus dealt with hypocrisy, He wasn't doing it from a place of condemnation. He was doing it from a place of love. And so as strong as that statement is to say that some of us are playing the spiritual role this morning, some of us are putting on a show today, recognize that it's God simply saying, I love you. And hear God saying today to His family, where are you? Where are you? I'm looking for you. When it comes to God this morning, where are you? Can today, can we purpose right now? And can I challenge you to take the mask off and just allow the truth be exposed? If I was to ask you this morning, On a scale from 1 to 10, where are you at with God? 10 being that I'm on fire with God. 1 saying that I just feel like I'm not even a Christian. If you was to answer that question this morning, where are you from 1 to 10? Some of you today, you might say, man, I am a 9. And that would be a legitimate statement for you. You're saying, man, I am a 9, man. I am on fire for God. My relationship with God is just so real. I mean, I, I just couldn't wait to get to church today. Man, I, I worship God and God was so real. I read my Bible and it seems like God's talking to me. And when I come and I purpose to pray, I just hate leaving my time of prayer because I just love having fellowship with God. And, and when it comes to this life, it just seems like God is orchestrating my steps. I find people at work and I, I go to the Walmart and I go to the store and it just seems like God is connecting with me, me with people. And I, and I don't know what to say, but God gives me the words. And before I know it, I start telling them about Jesus in my church. And man, God is just so good. And for some of you might say, that just, you make me sick if that's where you're at. Because, man, I'm a one or a two. I wish I was a nine. But if you're here today and you're saying, I feel like I'm just simply a one or two. Yes, I, I realize that I'm here in church today. I realize that I'm here, but I'm just going through the motions. I'm just going through the motions. And I'm just barely making it. I mean, reading my Bible... I don't remember the last time that I read my Bible. I mean, who's got time to read their Bible? In fact, I don't even know where my Bible is. Prayer? Occasionally I might pray over a meal or something, but I don't really have a prayer life. My relationship with God is just, it's not doing good. I'm just, I'm living on life support. Maybe there's some sin that you've got in your life and you know that, God has just, he's not been condemning you, but he's been convicting your heart to say, can you give that to me? And you're like, God, I would like to give that to you, but I've just resigned myself that I'm just going to live this life with this struggle in my life, God. Can we just get real with God today? 
you'll have this little paper in your hand. You might see that little mask on the back. Hopefully they gave you a pencil. Here's what I want to do right now. Is I want to challenge you to get real with God. You don't have to bring it up. You don't have to show me. I'm not looking for you. I just want you to be real with yourself right now. And if you was to ask yourself, where am I with God? One to ten, where am I at? And I know some of you are going to be extremely fearful to answer that question right now. Because you don't want to face the reality of where you're at with God. But let me give you some information. God already knows. And He's not disappointed with you. But I'm talking about for us to say, God, I'm going to take the mask off. And I'm really going to search my heart. Where am I at with God? God is saying, where are you? So right now, just write a number. Write a number on the back of your card. You don't have to turn it in. This is just for your own personal information. Now listen, you might be concerned. Hey, my neighbor seems to be looking over their shoulder. Listen, don't worry about them. This is between you and God right now. Again, you might be saying, God has not been a priority in my life. I've denied the practical lordship of Jesus in my personal life. I've allowed other things to become a priority. I've just not put God first. Once again, you might be here this morning and you say, I don't like this conversation because I know where I'm at. You may be having an emotional affair right now with somebody at work. You might be having some issues of sin. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe that's not a criticism. But God's wanting to ask where you're at this morning. And in asking you where you're at, I just want to be transparent with you concerning my own personal life. If I was to ask myself that question, where have I been in the last season of my life? Where have I been in the last year in my relationship with God? And if I'm going to be honest and transparent before you and before God, I'd have to say I'm a five. Because there's those times where I'm extremely committed and I'm on fire for God. And there's those other times where it's like, God, I just don't want to. I don't feel like it. I've been 100% inconsistent. I've been up and I've been down. And listen, that is not okay with me. And I hope where you're at is not okay with you. To say, God, I just want to be transparent with you and I want to make a change because I want to serve you with everything that's in my life. Where are you at from 1 to 10? Now, you might say, I'm really struggling with this message today. I thought this was grand opening. I thought this was going to be a fun day. This is a good day. And you might say, Pastor, you're coming at me real hard today. I don't know if I like this kind of church. Listen, this isn't what church always looks like, but here's the thing. I know that some of you are going to be here for the very first time, and this might be the only time that I have a chance to talk to you. And if this is my only chance, then I want to say, where are you with God Because God loves you. God so loves you. And you say, well, what do I do with this if I know that i got to make some changes? As we look back in that story in Genesis, and they said, God, I was naked. God then began to take skins from animals and gave them coverings. 
for clothes. Skins to cover their, their, their nakedness. In order for there to be a covering of their nakedness, there had to be shedding of blood. And the Bible says that Jesus came once and for all to die for us, to take our place and to shed his blood for you and me. So that the sin, the guilt, the shame, that separation, that dryness that we feel with God, that once and for all, that that blood would make us right with God and we could once and for all remove the mask and say, God, here I am in all my nakedness because I am covered by the blood that was shed by Jesus. And I'm loved by you. I'm not a disappointment. You are so pleased with me because you love me. Amen. Can we stand? As we close, can we just bow our heads? With every head bowed and every eye closed. Once again, I want you to examine your heart. I ask you, what was your number from 1 to 10? Since you've written that number down, if you've been feeling that little nudge on the inside and says, that's not honest. That's not the true reality. If you need to change that number, then do it now. And just get real with God. If you're here this morning, and if by chance that number that you had didn't even register as a one, maybe you're here and you say, I don't know Jesus. I don't know Him. I've come here for answers today. I've come here to receive. Go ahead and play, guys. I've come... To receive something from God today. If that's you. With nobody looking around. Nobody paying attention. But if that's you. In just a moment. I'm going to give you an opportunity. To raise your hand and say. I'm going to be transparent with God. I'm taking the mask off today. I'm going to purpose to get real with God. And receive Christ into my life. Or I'm going to get right with God. Today's my day. To make some changes. And say God I surrender all that I am. All my cares, my hurts, my disappointments. And today I give it to you and I remove the mask. Now I'm not going to call you up front. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. But right now in this moment with every head bowed, nobody's looking around. Can you release the mask? Can you be real with God? And if you say, I need Jesus today. Or I want to give everything that I have to Him. If that's you today, on the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise those hands high. Hands all over the place. Hands all over the place. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Oh, you can put them down now. Praise God. Oh, I saw at least a dozen hands. And I only call those numbers out because that just simply means that there's people that are here saying, I'm taking my mask off today and I'm getting right and ready for God. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, I was still scared to raise my hand because pastor I don't want you to think anything of me listen I love you more than that 
I just shared some of my dirt with you. I said that I've just been a five. I've been up and down. I've been 100% inconsistent. If I can, I just want to lead you in a prayer. Just to commit our lives to Christ. Say, God, the mask is done today. Will you pray this prayer with me, everybody together? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for loving me enough to speak so direct. Help me take my mask off. I am naked before you. And I thank you that you sent Jesus to take my shame, to take my pain, to take my hurt, to take my past and erase it and give me a brand new beginning, a new start, a new life. And so today, I surrender. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. I give you my mask. I've become real with you. And I thank you for today. It's a brand new day. And I am not ashamed. I'm alive in you. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Listen, if you made that choice to serve Jesus for the very first time, or maybe it's been a long time, and you don't know what to do from here, I believe out in the back, if we don't have them, we'll get them to you. But we have packets that are called, I Believe. It's just helping you in that next step. And like I said, if we don't have enough, we'll make sure that we get it to you. Because again, it's a journey of saying, how do I continue to live free of not having masks that I put up in my life? And we just want to help you and love you. And if you don't have a church home, we invite you to come back to this church. If you don't have a church home and you say, I don't like you guys. You you guys do things a whole lot different than I'm used to. I realize that we're accustomed to what we once knew or what we're familiar with if we're not your style let us know because we want to get you plugged into a church that will help you where you're at amen and one last thing we're going to worship God before we leave this place and then they'll dismiss us after the last song but can I challenge you on one last thing you wrote down a number before you leave this place be so bold to turn to somebody a wife a husband a friend say I just want to be accountable and I don't want to go back to hiding masks and keeping it all to myself I want to be accountable to somebody and I just wanted to show you my number because it's not staying the same it's coming up and again just challenging you to take that next step of accountability in the family of God. Amen. Are you ready to worship God one last time? take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life